0: This is a CNA Podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Welcome aboard everybody and in recognition of World Diabetes Day on November the 14th, let's take a look at this condition, specifically zooming in on the concept and idea of weight loss. Now, when it comes to dealing with diabetes, weight loss can be a very powerful tool and needs to be a very powerful tool for the management of the diabetes. It's something that can help prevent Poor outcomes, reducing the risk of cardiovascular uh, complications, stroke risks, diabetic uh, retinopathy, lower extremity amputation. It all starts from the lifestyle changes and the weight loss. But that weight loss can be so challenging for the diabetic individual as well as they're learning to deal with their condition. So... I've been fascinated to see how in the last couple of years, many medications have come online that help specifically with that for the diabetic patient and take into account weight loss concerns and help with the weight loss journey. Now this isn't weight loss for aesthetic reasons or weight loss to look and feel better or anything along that nature. This is weight loss that serves an important health function. I'm lining up more on today's edition as we take a look at world diabetes day 2022 back on the show is endocrinologist, Dr. Ben Ung from Aden endocrinology specialist clinic. Dr. Ung. hello. Hi, Daniel. Happy World Diabetes Day. Happy World Diabetes Day indeed, 14th of November. This is important, right? Because every year it's recognized, every year it's important. The International Diabetes Federation takes a look at this. We have a war on diabetes that's still going on. What do you think is the big theme for you this year?
1: Well, the next, for the next three years, Daniel, I think this is important, is that um, the IDF, the International Diabetes Federation, has chosen this theme, Access to Diabetes Care. And I think that's very, very important because it really means so much to each and every community, isn't it? Even in Singapore, I think when we are actually quite lucky to have uh, a much better healthcare system than most, ultimately we have limited resources. We know that diabetes is such a complex disease, isn't it? And you mentioned obesity as one of the primary issues, and that's true. It's really how we connect the dots here. We have facilities, we have uh, uh, medical care, but how do we link the excess? How do we get the right patient to see the right person, the right nurse, the right medical specialist, the right treatment? The Connecting the dots is such a huge challenge that we have today. And moving on from that, I think many of us say, oh, you know, obesity, uh, let's eat less and exercise more. But I think from a medical perspective, and we've talked about this on, uh, on your show before, obesity really is one we call a chronic disease. In other words, it's not very different now from asthma. Well, you know, it's a condition where you always struggle with. Some, many people who have asthma, you know, they eat X up, they need inhalers over a certain period of time. Obesity is also the same thing. And for many of us who try to lose weight, you'll understand what we mean. If you try to lose weight, you lose two kilograms, then it comes back on again. You know, we try to, uh, we go on diet, we lose a bit of weight and it comes back again. And this is where obesity is a chronic disease, where we always struggle. We will always have to fight with that condition. And where do we connect the dots? How do we get the patient who is at risk of diabetes, the one whose weight is going higher and higher, and how do we get them the help that they need? And that's really the theme which I think we really need to focus on today.
0: Absolutely. So let's start talking about that. So diabetes as a continuum, that is something yeah. that we need to bear in mind, right? So we're focusing and zooming in on that as well. Isn't it interesting? A lot of people just think a diagnosis is a diagnosis. If you're diabetic, you're diabetic. If you have diabetes, you have diabetes. But hang on, it's quite diverse. It's quite different and variable from individual to individual.
1: Absolutely right. And I think what we have here is not one pole and everyone on one side has diabetes, everyone on the other side doesn't have diabetes. As you mentioned, it's a continuum. Blood sugars start to climb. And the higher the blood sugars are, the greater the risk of complications and so forth. And you put that into a different kind of mechanism. You know, we talked about uh, insulin resistance where your body doesn't respond so well to insulin. Um, These are different mechanisms from drug-induced diabetes, worsening insulin resistance, insulin deficiency, gestational diabetes. You get so many subsets of diabetes. So it's not just doctor, my sugar is high, but so many reasons on why your sugar is high. And you add that in with how many complications you have, like you mentioned before, retinopathy, neuropathy. Uh, How do we access the correct person uh, to see these patients to prevent these from happening? Or when you do develop the problem, how do you actually get the correct treatment that you need based on the conditions and circumstances that you have?
0: So let's talk about where we are today. In, In 2022, at World Diabetes Day 2022 as well, how bad are we talking about? How complex is the scenario and the situation right now?
1: Well, extremely complex, unfortunately. I mean, if you look at the spectrum of diabetes, you have the uh, on one side where patients already have diabetes, they have significant complications, kidney disease, nerve disease, uh, they have their strokes and so forth, they have kidney failure. And these people really need the correct intensive treatment to prevent things from getting worse. And to the other extreme, to those who are undiagnosed with diabetes and and those people who are at risk of developing diabetes, and where do we really find the correct um, linkage to find out that in this way we have to educate the medical professionals to know how to identify and screen the right patients? And more importantly, also from the public perspective, how, how do we know we are at risk of developing diabetes? Uh, what do I do when I do get diabetes or what are these signs in my feet? Do, am I developing neuropathy? And this is the the challenges for the, for the future, I think, for, for World Diabetes Day 2022. These are the things I think we really need to sit down as a, as a community, as a healthcare, to really start thinking what's the best way of optimising the resources we have so everybody from, from one end with complications and not, to those who are yet to develop diabetes but are at risk, how are they going to get the help they need? How are they going to access the correct treatment? Because what we don't want to do, Daniel, obviously, is that we match it wrongly. Those people who are about to do diabetes, they are getting the specialist care. while well, those people who have kidney failure and all that, they're, they're not getting the help they need. So we have limited resources. And how are we going to move that along to, so to make sure the right person gets the right thing?
0: We're going to spend a lot of time talking about medications that have come online that help with the weight loss journey for a diabetic patient. Before we start talking about that, Dr. Ong, is weight loss an important key to managing diabetes?
1: Absolutely right. I think in simple terms, if you really look at it, if someone comes in, uh, obesity counts for almost 60-70% cases of type 2 diabetes. So is that kind of uh, contribution that we're looking at. And if you're looking at weight loss and when someone comes in the clinic, just, uh, just for everyone to appreciate the amount of weight loss required is not as much as you think. So if you come in, for example, you've just been diagnosed with diabetes, you've got blood pressure, cholesterol, and you say, look, you need to lose weight. How much weight do you need to lose to have a discernible clinical impact, in other words, you may not see so much on the scale, you may not see so much on your trousers, but we, for the doctor, hey, your sugar has come down, your cholesterol has come down, the answer is 5%. So if That's you all? 5%? 5%? Absolutely right. 5% of your, you are going to see, you may not be cured from diabetes, but you're going to see your sugars come down. You're going to see your cholesterol come down. You're going to see your blood pressure come down. And that's already clinically relevant. It's significant from our perspective. And to put things even uh, more uh, in a better light, more, more aggressive weight cost, and keeping in mind this is the disclaimer, this is medically supervised weight loss. Yes. Please don't try this at home. But we have seen patients who lose 10 to 15% total weight loss, and they really show people to be in diabetes remission. Now, remission is not really a cure, but it really means that these patients' blood sugars are actually sustained in the normal range without medication.
0: Dr. Ng, what have we seen come online in terms of medications that could help with weight loss, specifically for diabetic patients? These are not, this is not like what we heard about in the old days where people go to spa and, and, and lose weight. And It's not that, not at all.
1: Not at all. I think nowadays what we are really looking for is we know that these medications that we have are extremely powerful and it's been a very exciting time for diabetes for the last decade, really. We have new medications have come on. There are about two or three more on the horizon and they are, they, they've been shown to be extremely effective, not only in weight loss, but preventing heart disease, stroke and kidney disease. And one of the ones that have been around for a few years now is what we call the SGLT2 inhibitors. Now, um, this, this has been around since about 2015, so it's not all that new, but in medical terms, it's all right. It's quite interesting, actually. The active ingredient here is called thyrosine, or it comes from the root bark of the apple tree. So it's quite interesting. So what people, scientists, used to do last time was when they boiled the bark of the apple tree, they found that people's blood sugar started to go down. And how it works, really, is that it incre- increases sugar loss from the urine. So when you start to uh, literally pass sugar out from the urine, you have to appreciate that uh, sugar is calories. So when you start passing it out, uh, they show that this medication, you can pass about 70 grams of sugar or about 300 kilocalories a day with this medication. So you really don't think it's a lot, but 300 calories a day, there's about a can of Coca-Cola. So if you do and you... On this medication, you're looking at quite a lot in a month and more collective in a year. So this medication is extremely effective in uh, weight reduction. You get about three, four kilogram weight loss, uh, along with uh, improvement in your heart disease risk, your kidney disease risk. Examples of this is what we call the active ingredient, gadabagliflozin or foxtega. Very useful medications.
0: Hang on, you're peeing out calories. That's amazing. Uh, yes. That's the dream, isn't it? That's the dream. But, I mean, how safe, how efficacious, how useful is it for long-term usage here?
1: Well, I mean, so far, uh, these drugs have been heralded as one of the new medications. In fact, there's a lot of data now, and I think they're trying to get licensing. They just got licensing for patients who don't even have diabetes. So patients who don't even have diabetes, when you start using this SGLT2 inhibitors, such as dapagliflozin, what you start to notice is that the risk of developing kidney disease or progressive kidney disease, heart failure, and so forth, improves significantly. So these patients, there's a group of, we have gone beyond diabetes care itself uh, and moving on to pay normal patients without diabetes, and it's even shown, been shown to show benefit.
0: All right, so that's the SGL-2 inhibitor. Uh, What other forms of treatment are available that can help with this weight loss journey?
1: Yeah, the other one's more interesting. Uh, They are called the GLP-1 analogs. Interestingly, the background of this is that they actually forgot this idea from the Gila monster. A bit of trivia for all our listeners. Uh, The the Gila monster eats only about three, four times a year. The reason why it does that, it has this uh, GLP-1 analog, which is uncleavable. So essentially, all humans have GLP-1 uh, in there. It's a hormone produced by the small intestine, and it really makes you feel full. So many of us have GLP-1s when we eat too much and so forth. The GLP-1 tells us, listen, you know, you've you, you overindulged. Uh, you better stop eating now, and it helps improve your metabolic rate. The gila monster just has an uncleavable one. So essentially, it doesn't break down. Uh, it, it stays for a very long time. The, in the human body, our normal GLP stays two, three minutes, it's much much longer than the Gila monster. So the scientists who looked at it they say, "Hang on a second, um, this uh, this this monster doesn't eat at all." So ultimately, what's the secret? And they tried to synthesize the GLP one, and this is where we this is the basis of our therapy.
0: Fantastic, and, and so and it's something that we already have within the Uh-oh. bodies.
1: We, we have within the body, but the, the problem with ours is that it doesn't last a long time. And we find in people with diabetes especially that this, the, the levels seem to be a much, much lower. And we're not really sure why. Mm. So what we have now is this GLP-1 analog. And it comes in many, many different methods of administration. One is the injectable form. Uh, we, we can give it on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And uh, the most recent in the last few months, it it comes in an oral form. So you can take it in tablet form as well.
0: So, uh, oh, actually that's important. So that's the GLP-1, it's available in tablet form. The uh, the, the SGLT-2 inhibitors, also tablets? It's
1: also in tablet, apologies, yeah. It's it's in tablet form. The GLP-1s initially, the GLP-1s actually has been around for a while, even longer than the SGLT-2s. But before that, it used to be twice daily injections, daily injections. It's quite difficult to take and tolerate for many patients who don't like injectables. Now, we have very powerful agents It's given on a daily, weekly, and uh, and daily oral therapy. So it it is a lot more uh, approachable to many patients depending on the intensity. And obviously, every patient is different. But the way this works is very, very good. It it helps your metabolic rate, decreases your appetite, improves your sugar. So these are pretty powerful agents that we're having now.
0: Dr. Ng, rounding up our discussion, what else can be used? What, What are we seeing good results from right now?
1: Well, there's a new medication coming out, and watch this space, Daniel, um, because if you'll have me, I'll talk about this in the first quarter of next year. There's a very exciting new medication coming out. It's called the gastric inhibitory peptide, or GIP, and what we have shown is that with the GIPs, and we've added that with the previous medicine, GLP-1, we talked about that. Two seconds ago. And uh, this is also another intestinal, peptide, intestinal hormone. If you add these two together as a weekly injection, the current data is very encouraging. It shows that people can lose up to 15-20% of their total body weight. Now, remember we spoke in the beginning where we talked about well, how much weight do you need to lose to potentially put your diabetes into remission? And I said 10 to 15%. Mm. And some people of these drugs are losing body weight of 20%. It's absolutely incredible. So... I think this is, is, is early findings. I mean, the, in the preliminary uh, investigations uh, findings are very, very good, encouraging. But really, what I really want to see is how does that apply in our Singaporean population? But I'm pretty excited about what's going to happen in the realm of diabetes certainly in the next few months and years.
0: But here's the problem. These might work too good. Somebody might be losing the weight but not making the lifestyle changes. And, and doesn't that have that, some long-term consequences there?
1: I mean, and that's the main problem when we come back to ourselves our initial discussion, Daniel, when it comes to access to treatment, isn't it? I mean, the problem with many of these medications is everybody's very good at starting it. But nobody really tells you how to stop it. In fact, I think the uh, pharmaceuticals will be very happy if you're on these medications for the rest of our lives. But I think as patients, as, as doctors, as people in the community, I think you have to really take one step back and ask yourself, how are we going to improve our own health? How do you really uh, take control of the situation and use these medications maybe in a temporary fashion or try to lower the dosage, if possible, over time? Because what we don't want to do, hopefully, is to be completely reliant on these medications for the rest
0: of our lives. So that these could be the training wheels. Kickstart the weight loss journey, particularly when it's your hardest. If you're very obese, morbidly obese, this helps with that initial. Going from zero to one is always the hardest, isn't it? And then the idea is what? Potentially titrate it down over time.
1: I mean, if possible. I mean, I think we have to be very clear. Some patients, still certainly impossible, especially if you've got end-stage disease, but I think when, whenever any patient of mine comes up and asks me what is the best treatment for weight loss, I'll tell him it is actually the guy who sees you and says, hey, I haven't seen you for a long time. You lost weight. And that is the
0: best. Always. <laughs> Always.
1: You know, th- that is your motivation to go on and you don't want to stop. You don't want to gain that weight back. Uh, that's better than any tablet or injection I can give you.
0: Final point, these um, medications that we just talked about today, are they utilised here in Singapore? Can diabetic patients speak to their doctors and figure out whether they're a good candidate to start?
1: Absolutely right. I think the SGLT2 inhibitors, the GLP-1 analogs are all available uh, in Singapore. However, I think what we have to be very clear again is access to healthcare. What I don't want is uh, what I do, I, I'm not trying to encourage is everyone to go out there now, speak to your GP specialist and doctor say, listen, I want this medicine. This is for me. Uh, these these things are very specific. Uh, they, are, they are for certain groups of patients who will benefit. Some patients will not benefit. So please talk to your doctor if you want explore more but remember not everyone's going to benefit from this
0: therapy. Dr. Ng, always a pleasure. Dr. Ben Ng's an endocrinologist from Arden Endocrinology Specialist Clinic joining us on today's edition as we explored weight loss drugs being utilized for the treatment of um, for diabetic patients in their weight loss journey. Now if you want to listen to more Health Matters podcasts head on over to cna.asia slash listen right now. Before making
1: any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.